Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Romans chapter 2. Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same things. We know that judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. Do you suppose, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? But because of your heart and impenitent heart, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. For all have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when the Gentiles, who do not have the law, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus." But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you're instructed from the law, and if you're sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision indeed is of value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Back with us today, we have Ursula, who's going to be with us for this entire book, helping us to understand what Paul is communicating to us here in the book of Romans. And so we need to remember that chapter 1 was an important foundation, and as she's told us previously, chapter 1 through 11 are really this one large unit of thought. So Ursula, help us understand how the foundation of chapter 1 leads us into the important information he's giving us here in chapter 2. All right. Thanks so much for having me back. We talked about that Uh, The first 11 chapters are that one line of thought, and really, Paul is really laying the foundation, the doctrine of our faith, and he, in chapter 1, is really talking about judgment of a pagan culture. Right. And the things they practice and the, and the lifestyle, right? Not just practice once. We're not talking about that, but that it's a lifestyle of sin that they engage in and they suppress the truth of God. They know it. It's in their heart. And then so 
what he's doing in chapter two is now he's really starting to address, hey, you people who are judging, you can't judge another person if you don't know this standard. So think about that. If you don't know what the rules are, you can't really see if somebody's breaking the rules. And what he says in 2.1, he says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, all you people who know what the rules are, right? For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. And again, laying this foundation of why God's wrath is coming, right, in chapter 1, and now to that pagan culture. And now God's wrath is going to come because you're a moralist. You're a rule follower, but you break the rules. You are upset with somebody because they get angry and you turn around and you get angry at someone else, or you have anger hidden in your heart that maybe others can't see. That's really how these two chapters are connected. And it's really Paul just showing that we're all following short. But the one thing he does do in in verse 4, which is just so huge in this chapter, is he talks about God's kindness and how God is patient with us. And he says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And here's the thing. We judge others, and we want God to judge them. We want to go, they're guilty. They need to be judged right now. They need to be punished for what they're doing, what they've done to me. And we turn around and we do wrong things to other people. And God's saying, listen, I'm not going to zap you right now because I am patient and I am kind. And my desire, my greatest desire is to lead you to a heart of repentance Ursula, I just love how you focus this here in this section where we're really focusing on God's wrath that's going to be poured out upon these individuals for not following what he said and not responding according to how he's been revealed. You've centered us in on the goodness of God, his patience, his love, his kindness to us. Because I think that a lot of that gets lost in this discussion of God's wrath, that he's slow to anger. He's patient with us. He forgives us in these small times and gives us these seasons and opportunities for repentance because he's loving, because he's patient, because he's kind. But then we go on and build from this, and he starts to really say, hey, nobody has any excuse. Tell us more about how he builds on this in this next section. Really, chapter 2 through the first 10 verses are really talking about those moralists, those rule keepers. But then Paul goes on to talk to the religious, the religious right we can call them in our society, those who have a religion, but not a relationship. And he goes on to, uh, if you look in verse 12, it says, for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, right? Those are who he was just talking to. And now all those who have sinned under the law, right, or have their religion will be judged by the law. So what is he meaning by that? He's meaning that you can say, 
oh, I'm keeping the law. I'm going to church. I'm tithing. I'm listening to this podcast and reading my Bible. Have you ever heard anyone say, well, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian. I'm a whatever. What Paul is doing in this next part of chapter two is really saying, no, it isn't going to be any religion. It isn't going to be any rules that you keep. It isn't even your lifestyle of sin. It's none of it. What it is, it's the grace of God that gets you to heaven. It's nothing else. You know, it also talks about how we can boast. And I think we hate grace as just human beings. Um, we don't like the idea of not being able to work for our salvation. We don't like the idea of God's grace because we can't boast. And he goes on to talk about that, about how the Jews are boasting in their religion and who they are, and they identify as that instead of understanding the love of Christ and how it's been poured out for their sin. Ursula, that's really good. You've really focused this in on something that I think we're all, if we're honest, guilty of at some time, whether we're saved or whether we're pursuing salvation, of trying to say that the works that we're doing, the good things, these transactional approaches to religion are gaining us something in the eyes of God. And that's not the case. And Paul reminds us of that. Hey, it's not about these things that you're doing, because if you're trying to get there by the law, then you have to do it all. And we can't do it all. We'll always fall short of that. The standard of perfection can never be attained. And so we have to remember that it's only by the grace of God that we're given salvation. And it's only by the grace of God that we're able to grow in our love for him. It's none of these outward things that are going to gain that salvation for us. The outward appearance is not what he cares about. He centers us in on that as he closes out this chapter. If you look at the last part of the chapter, Paul's really talking about circumcision, and that's part of the Jewish religion, that a man would be circumcised, and that would be a sign of his Jewishness. That would be a sign of his religion. And Paul says in verse 28, for no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew a true faith follower, a true believer, is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart. I've had heart change. I understand my depravity. I understand how desperately I need a Savior. And he says, and that heart change is going to be by the Spirit. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit, not the letter of keeping the law. And he is talking about principle of law, and I think we should talk about that a little bit later. But his praise is not going to come from man. It's going to come from God. And praise be to God that he has given us away, and that's what he's showing us. You're not going to keep it, certainly um, by having a lifestyle of sin, and we know that. You're not going to keep it being morally right, being better than the next guy, and you're not going to keep it from doing the ABCDs of religion. None of those are going to keep you from the wrath of God, God's righteous judgment against us as sinners. Man, that's such a great thought for us to dwell on here. But I also think it's important. He's not just leaving us here in this conversation. We're going to continue to build on this. We'll build on it tomorrow. 
But as we sit today and think and dwell upon that, the focus of the heart transformation that's necessary for that right standing with God, that's something that we each have to evaluate. What is it that we're placing our merits on? He'll challenge us more with that tomorrow as well. Where is it that our true right standing with God comes from? Because we see and we know it's so easy to try to put things in our own hands to try to be doing those things. And so hopefully we can dwell on that today. We can think about where is it that our standing from God comes from as we prepare for tomorrow as he's going to explain that to us. And so we've answered lots of questions already today, talking about circumcision, talking about these different items of the law and religious nature and those different things. But you might have other questions that you're looking at. Seek to find those answers. Talk with other people like we're doing today on this podcast, walking through these things, seeking to see how God is revealing himself to you and growing together as a community of believers so that we can collectively be growing in our love for God and our desire to see him glorified in our midst. Know today you were loved. You're-